This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. GPUs, Omnipath, and Pitts Dint. Highlights of the new Top 500 list. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into a special episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Stell. That's Michael Feldman. Michael, in this special episode, we're reacting to the newly released Top 500 list. What's new? Well, uh, there's a few things new. It's not a big turnover, but uh, some big news in the top 10. We got uh, Pitts Dint, as we mentioned at the, at the beginning. They, uh, they moved up five places. They were at number eight, and now they're at number three. Uh, they were in the midst of a big GPU uh, upgrade the last time around, and they finished it, and now they re, uh, re-limpacked it, and now they're up at uh, – almost 20 petaflops so that got them into third place on the list and they knocked titan uh this titan supercomputer at oak ridge into fourth place right pitts dine is a cray xc xc 50 system that's at the swiss national supercomputing center cscs so it's the largest system installed in europe and now this sits behind the top, top two Chinese systems that are still number one and number two. That's the Sunway Taihu Light, which is still on the top with 93 petaflops, and the Tianhe 2, or Milky Way 2, uh, also in China at NUDT, which is 33.9 petaflops. So those remain number one and number two. The European system, the Swiss system at CSCS, becomes the new number three. Right, and that's... Uh... That's, that's the only change in the top 10, right? The top 10. But, I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, the, the horse race aspect of this, this is the only the second time the U.S. has not been in one of the first three spots. So uh, it's a little a little bit of a lag for the U.S. this time around, although they did quite well on the list. Otherwise, they've, they've got the most number of systems at, uh, I think, 169. Um, and they, they still got five systems in the top 10. So they're... They're doing well, but uh, for the time being, the the two Chinese systems and now the Swiss system eclipse uh, eclipse Titan. I think there will be a lot of chatter about the U.S. being outside the top three. However, I don't think it'll stay that way, and we'll come back around to some of what we're looking forward to to the for the next top 500 list coming out in November. But for now, looking at the rest of the top 10, you mentioned the Titan at Oak Ridge falls to number four. Sequoia is an IBM Blue Gene system at Livermore. That's number five. Then you get the Cori Cray XC40 system at NERSC. The Oak Forest PAC system, which is the Fujitsu Primergy system in Japan, uh, that, uh, the two Japanese systems are right there. That one followed by the Fujitsu K computer. Uh, Mira at Argonne, which is an IBM system, is number nine. And then Trinity, a Cray XC40 system at, at Lanel, uh, is number 10. So as you said, there are five U.S. systems in the top 10, but none in the top three, although the U.S. did reclaim the number one spot in terms of number of systems in the top 500 list, right? And across the whole list. Right. 169. And then China is, uh, it's pretty close to 158. It's, and I, I think remember the last time around, they were basically neck and neck with 171 systems. So they each lost a little bit of a share, but, uh, still basically in the same general vicinity. 
Now, counting across the whole list, it, it does get mentioned that a total of 91 systems now use some type of accelerator or coprocessor technology, um, most commonly NVIDIA GPUs, which are 74 out of those 91. So the GPUs had a pretty good list. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've done well historically over the last several years. Uh, there's a, a, a few more Xeon Phi coprocessors this time. It's up to 17. Um, and, and a few of those systems actually use NVIDIA GPUs and Xeon Phi's. They actually have systems that are using both of them and trialing both of them. And then there's a single Radeon uh, system, accelerated system, that's an AMD chip. And then there's the, the PZ technology chip is a couple of systems that. But we should also note sort of outside of the accelerator area arena, there's there's 13 systems now that use the Knight's Landing Xeon Phi's as uh, the main processor. So in a sense, they're accelerators, right. but uh, since they're not coprocessors anymore, they're basically just many core CPUs now, but in the same sort of general uh, uh, spaces as these others. Yeah, it becomes difficult to categorize. What do you do with those Xeon Phi systems when that's the main processor? They're not a coprocessor. They're they're an accelerated processor of a type, but they they don't they're not really a coprocessor technology. So that 91 systems using accelerators or coprocessors does not count the right. 13 systems that are that are just Xeon Phi, not as a coprocessor, but as a native coprocessor. So there's really a total of 30 systems that use Xeon on Phi's in, in one form or another, 17 of them as coprocessors and, and 13 of them as, as native processors. The other new technology that I really wanted to keep an eye on to see how it gets adopted is OmniPath. Uh, obviously, InfiniBand has, has always done pretty well uh, on these systems, and it's time to start monitoring this year, not just on the top 500 list, but of course in our new site census surveys, which are about to uh, go out into the field uh, Intersect 360 Research is really going to be keeping a close eye on the adoption of OmniPath. And from my perspective, OmniPath does pretty well with its showing here on the top 500 list, now showing up in 38 systems out of the 500. Yeah, when they introduced it uh, the first year, I think they had eight, uh, eight systems. And I think six months ago, they were up over 20 systems, but now they've jumped to to, to 38 so that that's a good boost so they're making they're definitely making some headway there there's a lot of uh a lot of these systems with uh with the xeons and the xeon phys are, are also opting for the omnipath from intel so that's uh, that's a good sign for for them now that's not touching the infiniband present yet I, infiniband is in 179 systems that's still uh, a clear leader in terms of a high performance interconnect, although a lot of these are even more than are, are on InfiniBand or on Ethernet, which we don't think of as a differentiated high performance interconnect. But nevertheless, it's it's quite common across HPC. Yeah, there's actually over 200, 206 systems on Ethernet. But uh, as, as, as has been pointed out, mo most of those systems, I think all but one of those Ethernet systems is in the bottom 400 so the top top 100 systems uh there's there's relatively no ethernet footprint there but yeah a lot of the sort of the vanilla clusters that may or may not be doing um you know, strict hpc per se but have run limpack are are running ethernet 
Well, let's talk about this for a second, because one thing, one area of influence we're starting to see is we're getting a few systems onto the top 500 list now that are really hyperscale systems, right? They're part of the hyperscale market and not part of the traditional HPC market. Right, especially with the advent of uh, of deep learning, a lot of these hyperscale systems or or systems being run in uh, in hyperscale data centers with these companies uh, are are now on the list. Um, I think they basically fall into two categories: just the ones I mentioned, where they are basically deep learning clusters, and then the other kind that are just scaled out systems that they decided to run Limpack on, and they're not doing any sort of what we would call technical computing or or high performance business computing but uh, they're on the list nevertheless one of those is up over the petaflop mark right yeah we've got uh we've got a facebook system now that's a ai system it's a it's basically a nvidia dgx1 uh appliance they've got a 3.3 petaflop system uh that they put on the list from facebook's that's uh, sort of an interesting one and that's a also happens to be a very energy efficient system as well. Yeah, these hyperscale systems do tend to be pretty energy efficient. There's another one that's the number two on the uh, green 500 entry is a Kukai system at Yahoo Japan. So there's another hyperscale system that's that's showing a lot of energy efficiency. But energy efficiency wasn't just relegated to these hyperscale systems. Energy efficiency is a pretty good trend on on the overall list this time around. Yeah, in fact, it was sort of surprising to me. I think there were uh, a handful of new systems, basically with the with the NVIDIA P100s powering them, that actually beat out the older systems that were on the on the Green 500 list last time. That were at the top of that list. So they was, were able to um, sort of tweak and optimize the power efficiency on some of these systems with very similar hardware. So the Sabami 3 system. Uh, turned out to be the most energy efficient system on uh, on the current list, and it'll be the top of the the green 500 list as well. And uh, they're somewhere north of 14 uh, gigaflops per watt, which is quite good. Uh, I think the on the last list just six months ago, I think it topped out at just over 10 gigaflops. So that was a that was a nice jump with very similar hardware. HPE, which is the number one HPC system vendor by revenue, is also the number one vendor of systems on the top 500 list, followed on the top 500 list by Lenovo, which is the number three HPC system vendor by revenue, and then Cray. Dell is not in that top three, although they're the, the number two for HPC worldwide by revenue. They're, they're not as well represented on the top 500 list. They haven't had the same kind of focus on, on the that supercomputing segment that the other three have had. Right. And and we should mention, even though Cray is number third number of systems, they actually have the most overall performance. They they have almost a quarter of the performance, 21% of the total list performance on that list, whereas HP, with many more systems, actually is the aggregate performance is, is just 16%. So there's a little bit of a... Uh, sort of a, a different market uh, profile there that you can sort of understand when you know what, what Cray is doing and what HP is doing in the space. All right, so we've been looking across the whole list at some of the general trends, although the top 10, outside of the, the Pittstein upgrade, the top 10 stayed the same. Uh, and that might be the story at, at, for right now, that we haven't seen a lot of movement in the top, and the U.S. is now outside the top three. But Looking ahead to November, Michael, I think things could look very different come November, right? 
Right. Well, this is right. This is the year that we're expecting two of the coral systems from the DOE to to come up, uh, maybe not go into production, but certainly be built. And uh, they should be able to turn the LIMPAC run if all goes as planned. And then we're even expecting the uh, successor to the Tianha 2 system to come up this year as well. So since we didn't see it on this list, um, almost assuredly, uh, one or more of those will be on the November list. And those are those are going to be bigger systems uh, than the, the current champ, the, the Sunway uh, Tiahu Light. Right. Of course, none of these systems is guaranteed to have LINPAC on the next top 500 list. They're all sort of targeting production in 2018. But the way these systems get installed, uh, I would be surprised if any of the three missed the next top 500 list. Let's start with those coral systems for a second. We're talking about the Sierra system at, uh, at Livermore and the uh, summit system at Oak Ridge. Those are the two of the coral systems that are based on the IBM power and open power technologies together with NVIDIA. Um, the Argon system, Aurora out of coral, we've been learning is actually postponed a little bit. They're revisiting that uh, system configuration or requirements. So that might come a little later, but also at the same time might peg a target a little higher. But for right now, we're looking at the two that are based on IBM. So if those both hit and are, are in the north of 100 petaflops range, I think it puts even more pressure on Intel to look at what it can do with the Tianhe 2 system. Now, that really got slowed down. Sorry, the Tianhe 2A system. That upgrade got slowed down by the embargo on U.S. technologies going into China, but we're nevertheless expected to have that upgrade coming up soon. Right, and those will be, since basically the embargo uh, uh, problem, they are going to, the Chinese are going to build their own uh, processors into that system. And they've talked about it a little bit, and they've even talked about how much they're aiming for. But I think it's sort of anybody's guess that I think they're very aware that the, the coral systems are coming up. And uh, they're sensitive to the fact that they they want to remain as number one. So. Um, it, it's just a question mark if they're going to have the time and uh, uh, expend the resources to build a big system. But I think it could be anywhere from 100 petaflops to 300 petaflops. And uh, we're thinking the summit system is going to be somewhere around 200 petaflops. So we're not quite sure what's going to happen there. And we're not even quite sure if, if the Chinese will make the, the deadline for November. So uh, Either way, I think it's it's going to be interesting in in one sense. We're going to I think we're going to see at least one big system and maybe as many as three and maybe even another one we're not even aware of. Yeah, I still have my eye on Japan and whether they might do a pre exascale system that's up in that range. There aren't any official plans announced that that I'm aware of anyway. But uh, but that's another one that could pop up there. We could have a very different top of the list in a couple of months. Yeah. It, I mean, the list tends to go through these these periods where they lag a little bit. There's sort of a punctuated equilibrium going on. And uh, I, I think, yeah, we're looking to the next uh, November list as something to be a little more exciting. Uh, I mean, this list actually didn't even creep up much in aggregate performance. It, it went up to 750, a little over 750 petaflops. But that's uh, that was very little increase from even the previous year compared to uh, even compared to how it's been slowing lately. That was a, a very small increase. And uh, certainly the historical rate is much had been much faster than that prior to 2013. So 
not a lot of uh, new new petaflops on the list, but there there certainly was some turnover, and uh, you know it, it's always edging up there. I think the uh, the number of petaflop systems grew down to past the 120 mark, so uh, more and more of the system is a petaflop or above, and uh, and we'll certainly continue to see that that trend continue over the next uh, the next list and then beyond that. The new top 500 list, always exciting, and ISC is underway. i got to go get ready for Vendor Showdown. <laughs> okay, we'll see you there. All right, thanks, Michael, and thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com. <laughs>